with rising billions, disrupting tradition, always be closing, gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. There is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Gumby and Alan Witch. Hi, it's Christopher Gumby with Think Bold, Be Bold, here with Alan Witch, my most awesome co-host. Alan, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. You know, I am an awesome co-host. And Chris, if I'm an awesome co-host, you're an awesome co-host. How are you doing today? My, 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 my sweet friend. I'm doing really well. You know, the sun is shining uh, after a couple of days uh, uh, down uh, here at the beach that uh, we had some rain, but we needed the rain. And, it's you know, I always look at rain as being a, a good cleanse uh, and, you know, refreshed right after it. And, you know, the sun is coming out. And, you know, I can't complain for December being in the, uh, the mid-70s to 80s uh, here at the beach, so it's awesome. Nice, nice. How you feeling otherwise? I'm feeling really great. You know, I've got my folks in town. I've got the kids. You know, it's becoming uh, Christmas all around. We've got the decorations up. It's just, it, it feels good. It feels great. Sweet. It's that time of the year, folks. Get your uh, get your checkbooks out and get your credit cards out, but do not overspend. It's not a matter of. How much you give is what you give. Exactly. And I just want to remind uh, the audience, get your journal out. Uh, we've got a great guest coming on. Obviously, there's always golden nuggets on uh, the show. And that journey that you know people go uh, through in order to identify the things uh, in life that they really want. And you know this uh, young gentleman, uh, which Alan will get into, very shortly here, uh, you know, is no exception to that. He's uh, he's he's at the ripe age of 24, uh, but you know, certainly uh, given life his best shot, and I can't wait to uh, you know listen in and, and ask some great questions. And not only that, you know, a new friendship um, with a guy like this that you know later on, uh, a few years from now, we'll see ripen and grow, and you know, offer up so much more to the universe uh, here and, and and the people listening in, and, and I'm sure many other people as uh, as the years go by. Alan, why don't we uh, why don't we just jump right in? Awesome. Hey, before we get started, though, I just want to say that uh, thank you for the audience for allowing us to uh, <clears throat> to take a, a couple of days here. As you can probably tell, I've got a uh, a little bit of a of a chest or head cold, something going on. But uh, last week when we were going to record this, I sounded like Richard Sturban of the Oak Ridge Boys. And uh, he has a great voice. I didn't sound so good. But um, <laughs> not quite, hadn't been quite myself, but uh, things are, are, are picking up. So I want to apologize that uh, we weren't able to record last week. 
or to, and and to do much of anything last week uh, when it when it comes to uh, our radio here. But uh, anyway, uh, we're getting back in the game. I'm getting back in the game, and uh, we've got a great guest today. And I love talking about uh, you know the development of um, the you know the younger age groups. Chris, we've got you know I like you and I. You know we're coming a little bit different demographic, a little bit different generation and our gear up to or at least i'll speak for myself my gear up to independence and entrepreneurship took a long time it wasn't where i came from and the environment around me at the time didn't foster that so i fell into entrepreneurship you know midlife but uh, looking at the you know the younger generations as they're coming in they're in that they were born into the entrepreneurship environment and uh, today's guest is by no means in the exception to that and uh He's really a uh, you know an SEO uh, you know master, and people use the mat the word masters and gurus and and all that. And I and I I want to do honor to people by talking about what they've successfully done. And I think sometimes when you give a title like that, it does bestow that. But on the other hand, you got to be careful because those terms are always overused. But uh, when you're working with large companies and really able to make a, a turnaround for the bottom line of a, you know, of a, of a very large company with your skill set, then you've earned some things. And uh, today's guest has done that, but he's also done something other else that's really amazing: is uh, entrepreneurs uh, have to have to do what uh, my my best buddy here, Chris, says a lot. You got to pivot. You got to be able to pivot. And you got to be able to look at life and opportunity as it comes and charge all your your decisions back to your end goals. And is there synchronicity and is there harmony? If not, you shouldn't do it. Well, today's guest has done that. Uh, he's made a huge shift and gone from uh, the digital world into uh, the the personal world of, uh, of well, I'm just going to let him t tell you what it is, but it's a big change. But uh, without further ado, I want to welcome uh, Rafi Chowdhury to the uh, podcast today. Rafi, welcome. Thank you so much, Alan and Chris. It's glad to join you guys. We are glad you are here. Uh, we are definitely with, happy to have you, for sure. Yeah, is a guy that's, you know, what is, Rafi, I have to say this, you're less than half my age. Which is great for great for me, and um, you know I'm going to learn a lot, and I hope that we can bestow a couple of you know points of wisdom upon you throughout the uh, the show here, and hopefully as we grow and uh, get to know each other and maybe do some things you know in, in the background, I'm, I'm excited about that. So, Chris, sure. uh, he's only uh, he's yeah he's only a couple of years older than <laughs> or younger than me. Um, <laughs> and, and a couple of years younger from, than you. Uh, yeah, absolutely, my friend. <laughs> That's how I think, brother. And, nice. Uh, anyway, Rafi, we're really happy you're here today, and we can't wait to just jump right into it. And we want to hear from your uh, point of view, as you know, as you've gone through and uh, to Alan's point, pivot uh, through certain things that um, at the ripe age of 24 you've been able to accomplish. And uh, why don't you give us, uh, you know, the rundown? Our audience uh, always loves a great story, and you know, I believe that we all relate to stories, especially for those that are you know, older looking down and, you know, looking in and saying, oh, wow, you know, I was a lot like this and, wow, I can still do this. Or, you know, maybe people that are younger your age right now that look at it and say, wow, you know, this guy is really doing some awesome stuff. And, you know, because he's doing it, I truly believe that I can go do it. I just got to, you know, learn a little bit more and learn from him maybe or some others that are uh, out there uh, crushing it. So 
Rafi, bring us through that story. Where did you start? Where are you now? Where are you going? What's <laughs> happening in your world? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Uh, so I started in Dhaka, Bangladesh, basically another part of the world. Uh, that's where I was born. Uh, had a pretty normal childhood life. Um, spent most of it basically playing with nature because we didn't have video games and things like that. Uh, and even if we did, you know, I didn't have access to those things. So I, you know, grew up uh, raising baby birds and basically understanding why moths are attracted to light. And uh, it was just, it was just fun. Really, I really enjoyed Bangladesh. I lived there till I was 11. Um, and then my parents ended up migrating to the United States. And um, they stayed here for a couple, uh, about four years, while me and my sister, I have a younger sister, we stayed in Bangladesh. Uh, so they went back wow. and forth. Um, they didn't. They weren't going to stay here initially, but they loved education, free education here, <laughs> which in Bangladesh, it's not free. It was like thousands and thousands of dollars uh, to get a good education. So it ended up bringing us both here. Uh, so we landed initially in Kansas City, where I spent about six months doing nothing, pretty much, because I just finished half fifth grade, and then I didn't want to join school here again in the middle of the semester. So I got to just fish every day with my uncle, and that was a really good time, too. <laughs> uh, Kansas is a really good place for fishing, by the way. We used to go to Shawnee Mission Lake and just spend, like, the whole day there. Um, so anyway, my fast-forwarding again, we moved to a place called Bartlett, Tennessee, uh, with near close to another uncle that I had here at the time, and that's when I officially began, I guess, my, my journey here in the U.S. Uh, I started going to school. Again, pretty pretty typical everything. Went through elementary school, got into middle school. Uh, that's when I picked up a game called chess. Uh, my dad taught me the rules, and my uncle taught me some basic strategies, and I was like, wow, I love this game, actually. Um, I was never really into video games, so that never attracted me. I think I played Pokemon for maybe a, maybe a year somewhere in there, but that's about it. So I was always occupied with these other like strategy games, or things in nature. I was still raising baby birds even over here. So things like that. My, my overall experience was quite a bit different from maybe a lot of, a lot of kids my age that, were, that grew up here. Uh, so I played a lot of sports and just nature. Uh, so growing up, I obviously I, I picked up chess really fast. Pretty soon I was beating uh, everybody in my family, any friends I played. I was like, man, you know, by the time I got to high school, I thought I was the best chess player <laughs> in the in the state, I was like, wow, I'm so good. <laughs> so then I go to a chess club one time after I Googled it, and I realized, okay, yeah, I'm not the best chess player in the state, maybe. Because <laughs> I got I got my butt kicked instantly. Uh, so anyway, that didn't. Yeah, exactly. That didn't discourage me as much. Um, I still continue the chess. Uh, and within about a month of going to that chess club, I got offered to work as a chess coach for this organization called Mid-South Chess. And that began my career in chess. Uh, since then, I played competitive chess for about uh, 12 years. Uh, and out of those 12 years, I competitively coached chess. I ran tournaments all across the country. I've been to over 25 states now just because of chess. Uh, running tournaments, wow. organizing them, selling products, uh, and playing as well. 
Uh, I was international uh, or national tournament director and a national chess coach as well. And later I went on to actually start a company uh, that basically took the whole idea of chess and combined it with the whole idea of leadership and entrepreneurship, sort of like Dale Carnegie model, uh, where we when when I noticed like a lot of chess players and a lot of schools that had the chess programs focused on this, just the game of chess itself. Yeah, chess helps you with this, that, etc. There was never really any sort of highlighting of how the game of chess really improves these skills, these everyday skills, your skills as a as a person, as an entrepreneur. So I decided to make my program into a leadership program rather than a chess program and used a chess game paradigm to teach people about leadership, about how to do SWOT analysis, um, how to think ahead, how to work life backwards as you would in a game of chess. Hey, Rafi, let me interrupt you a second. Rafi, let me interrupt you a second. Sorry, but I want everybody to know, what age were you when you started doing this? I started when I was 13. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Continue on. <laughs> but don't let that surprise you because most grandmasters start playing chess when they're three. So I was really wow. late. A decade late, actually. Which is why I never wanted to become a professional player, unfortunately. Uh, but I did play competitive for many years and I enjoy it. Uh, so, yeah, I focused. I was never really that into actually becoming like a grandmaster or anything like that. I played competitive. Uh, my, as far as my actual chess strength, I got to 1,900. Uh, which would be about 100 points short of what would be considered a chess expert, according to USCF. Uh, you have to have a wow. rating of 2,000 to get to that point. Uh, but anyway, I was focused mostly on just coaching and really was really excited about the concepts that chess teaches you that, that helped me in my personal life. Uh, so anyway, that program was kind of cool. Um, we were actually in 30 schools within the first six months we launched the program. Uh, in some schools, we were part of the curriculum, which was really cool to me because that was, at least to me, that was sort of groundbreaking because I, I wasn't aware of other schools, other program, chess programs that were actually offered as a class. A lot of times they were offered as an extracurricular, like people take it after school, but my program in two of the schools was actually a class that they can take through the this program. It was approved by the school board and everything. So that's that was cool. really exciting. Yeah. Congrats on that. That's, that's, that's thank you. Thank something. you. So that was one of my uh, businesses, and I did that for about a year and a half until I moved on, basically just got exhausted with chess because I've done it for so long. Uh, eventually, I moved on into the tech space. Uh, so I'll briefly mention one of my other startups, which is My Campus Hacks. Uh, that one was kind of cool. It's in the ed tech space. And we thought to solve another problem there. Um, we realized, like, while going through college, uh, especially as you get it near the end of college, there's so many things that we learn that <laughs> we just learn a little bit too late. You know, like if you had known that you could have done that internship and gotten paid and gotten three credits towards your degree, an honors degree, you would have taken the internship. But the university doesn't tell you. They don't tell you that your credits from college XYZ is not going to transfer over because they're trying to get the most amount of money that out of you that they can. They want to keep you there. So I realized because there's just way too many things and there's too much inefficiency going on. People could be a lot more efficient and get their degree, get what they need, and just get out of there. So if the university wasn't presenting this information, who would? 
it would be the students that knew this information. So we created a platform that allowed students to share all these hints, tactics, hacks, shortcuts, tips, all this kind of stuff on one singular platform. We call it My Campus Hacks. It was basically like a life hack lifehack.com combined with the old Facebook as it was. So it was a, you know, like a social network for college students uh, where people kind of come together and they can share hints, they can trade, buy, sell textbooks, connect with roommates, all these different features that we built into it. Um, that's still an active project. However, I've just kind of put in the back burner. Uh, we launched, we got some good responses. We had about 600 registered users. And then I moved on again because I got into something a little bit better at the time, which was the online marketing, which is kind of brings me to where I am today. Uh, online marketing, basically I work with startups and uh, niche companies, and I help them with their digital marketing and their PR. So that includes SEO, SEM, uh, all their uh, basically branding, helping them build a community around their brand, all the social media stuff. And then I also help them get featured in large publications like Forbes, Entrepreneur, Inc., CNN, all these kind of things. We built a network of it. Uh, the last project I'm working on, which you, which you briefly mentioned, is, uh, yeah, I just started to pivot, basically. I realized that one of the best windows of opportunity right now is on Amazon, uh, just because it's still not terribly hard to get on Amazon. It doesn't take... I don't think at least incredible amount of uh, uh, funding to get started. And it's, it's a huge, huge, huge playing field right now. I'm not sure how long the window of opportunity will be there, but right now is one of the best times ever. So my partner, who's based out of California, I met him there. Um, he has been on Amazon for the last six or seven years, I think, successfully starting brand after brand. So me and him partnered up. I have a skill set in SEO. He, has, he knows all about Amazon. Uh, so we built a brand that sells organic skincare and healthcare products. That's basically it. I know there's a long intro, but I want to really touch <laughs> I love it. a little bit on each I, of these projects. It. Now, Amazon, uh, and, and let's just back up for a second, and, and congrats on that, and mm -hmm. I, I love the story oh, along that journey. Um, you know, partnering up on, on skill sets is, you know, essentially what you've done is created a mastermind between the two of you that's going to actually pay, you know, some pretty good dividends knowing that you've got uh, a large audience through Amazon. And I agree with you. You know, Amazon is still at its infancy, and um, I believe it's going to be, you know, the largest retailer in the world. And as Alan and I both know, and, you know, yourself uh, as well, Rafi, I'm sure, is that uh, we're only scraping the uh, surface in uh, the Internet world as more, you know, than two, three billion people are going to be online within the next, you know, couple of years. So uh, kudos to that. What's your partner's name and where did you guys meet? Uh, because I think that's always fun to hear because Alan and I share a similar story about meeting somewhere else and then starting something, uh, you know, albeit different from what you're doing, but collaboration is such a powerful, powerful way to exponentially grow um, any idea, to tell you the truth. So tell us uh, a little bit about your partner and where you guys met. Absolutely. You're right. It is, it is. So social media makes it so easy to connect with just about anybody, you know? I agree. Um, so when I first got into this whole online Base. I was just Googling all day. I was watching YouTube videos on entrepreneurs, internet entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs. 
And I happened to keep running into this name called Jeet Banerjee. I was like, man, that guy sounds like, why is he in every single podcast, everything I watch? What does he do? So I started just getting curious about who he is, what he does. Found out he was a hugely successful young entrepreneur, younger than I am. He's 23. Um, he's <laughs> sold multiple uh, software companies like Statfuse, Go, uh, Visionary Media, Visionary Media Group. Um, he has a bunch of startups. And so I decided to interview him three years ago um, on my YouTube channel. And since then, we've developed a relationship. And then I went out to Orange County. When I moved to California, I was like, hey, geez, I'm like in your backyard now. Let's meet up. I never thought he would even say yes, but he did. Uh, so we met over, over dinner with a couple of friends. And then I was, he told me about you know, what he's doing nowadays, how he just speaks all around the world and just does Amazon. I was like, wow, that's really cool, man. At the time, he was selling hoverboards. I was like, man, he's like, you know, it sounds kind of funny, but, like, I'm not even lying. We literally were making 10 grand a day with these hoverboards. He just manufactures in China, just kind of private labels and resells. It's like, wow, that's, man, you're onto something, I think. Anyway, so I didn't give it my, much attention later, uh, at, the, at the time at least, because I was busy doing my own consulting and stuff like that. Uh, so about a year later, actually, I met up with him again and said, hey, you know, I love consulting. I really like what I'm doing, but I want to start something different. I know that you're doing a lot of projects. Is there anything we can work on together? So I met him over dinner, and then he's like, you know, you have all the skills in SEO. Why don't you partner with me and we start something on Amazon? Uh, and that's how that got started. So Amazing. I love it's been, it. Amazing. It's been awesome. Just, you, you, you know, you took that opportunity to reach out and I think this is a great lesson for everybody listening in is that, you know, what I find, um, you know, uh, not only did you Google and, and you did the work, but successful people as uh, your partner, you know, already was, are always willing um, that I find, you know, to, to, to help others and just have a conversation. And, and, you know, never put yourself in that mindset where, you know, well, they never will pay attention to me. You know, they've got all this success, and you start judging yourself against where they are. And quite frankly, you know, you're probably judging them from your beginning to their middle or to, you know, close to their end in, in, in what they're working on. But yet, Rafi, you just took a chance, connected, said, let's meet up. And it was like, you know, now you guys are creating some magic. So, um, you know, I think that's just a great lesson to everybody listening in is that, you know, successful people, what I find, Rafi, and, and maybe you can collaborate on this, uh, you know, are always willing to just, you know, listen and help out if they can and uh, if it makes sense. Uh, and it sounds like it did because he obviously said, hey, why don't we work on this together <laughs> because of your skill set. Absolutely. I think it's probably one of the most, uh, one of the best moves I've ever made in my life is, is, is the whole reach out to him. And that's because, you know, He's he's a multimillionaire. He doesn't need to, like you said, he doesn't need to partner with me. The thing is that when you get to the level where he's at, he's no longer just an entrepreneur. He's an investor, right? He right. doesn't want to trade right. time for money. Uh, so what right. he's going to want to do is find really sharp people that can run processes for him. I understood right. that quickly. And I realized that this is where I can present myself. I will present my hustle. I'll present a specialized skill set, which is what he's looking for, really. Uh, because he already that. knows all the stuff. He didn't need to. There's no need for, you know, Jeet to 
uh, have me in this business, but he wants to because he wants to automate things as much as possible, and he wants to send, uh, save his time, rather, and just invest his money to do the work for him. Uh, so that's kind of the role he plays for the most part, anyway. Uh, so understanding I that, I approached him with that kind of a mindset, and I said, you know, look, I'm still, you know, pretty young and still not uh, quite at your level yet, but I'm really hungry, and I am very much, you know, ambitious, and here is my specialized skill set. Based on what you know about me so far, you know, what, what is a win-win situation that we can create where I can help you achieve what you're trying to achieve as well, and you can help me get an opportunity that I would rather never have. Uh, that's right. pretty much it. And you're right. You have to reach out to people. If you don't ask, you will never know. Right. Collaboration and you is, have a, a, is a key. For sure. And a great question that you asked, and you had alignment, and that harmony then, you know, um, made something happen. And I, and I love this story. Alan, sorry. Uh, continue, my friend. No, I was just <clears> – <throat> I, I wanted to really make a point here for all the listeners out there. You know, entrepreneurship can be a lonely run, but entrepreneurship can provide such an amazing uh, opportunity to collaborate with some great people. And Rafi, you're just a, you're, you're the epitome of what uh, Chris and I talk about the Mavericks motto. You know, you, you, every day you think about, you know, how can I leverage, you know, right now my specialized, you know, knowledge and my experience and my resources to really level up with myself and with somebody else. And you learned that at a, at a young age and you applied that and you were not afraid to bring that to someone else, offer that to someone else. And I think that's key. You understood what your genius zone was and you were willing to offer that. So one, kudos on that. And a lot of people can learn from that process. Uh, it's not, it's one thing to talk about it, but something else to do it. But uh, on that road, tell us uh, tell us what, what's going on with you and Jeet and, and what you guys got online here this year. What's your, what's your focus? Okay. <clears throat> yep. So we just launched our website, what, like last week, OrganicAllureShop.com. The company is called Organic Allure. Um, what we realized is that <clears throat> the beauty industry or the healthcare industry in general is, is a multi-billion dollar industry in the U.S., I mean, outside the U.S. Amazon just opened. Um, I think they just spent $2.5 billion to get all the Indian customers to start buying directly from Amazon. Uh, wow. So I don't know if necessarily wow. they're trying to directly compete with, against Alibaba, uh, but they're trying to be become a lot more global than they are right now. Instead of just right. the U.S., they want those different countries representing. Uh, so when we saw that, we were like, this is absolutely perfect. Um, Jeet himself is of Indian descent, and I'm not too far away. Bangladesh is a neighboring country. Uh, so we have pretty good understanding of the market, and the whole... The beauty in the healthcare space is really huge there too. So we just want to take the angle where we don't want to just sell beauty products. We want to be able to help people through these beauty products by leveraging nature, uh, leveraging uh, toxic-free products, leveraging products that are actually not going to hurt your, hurt your skin in the long run. So we only sell organic products. Uh, so, for example, one of our products uh, that we're considering is a Dead Sea Mud Mask, uh, which has a ton of benefits. Um, but it's completely harm harmless. I mean, it's just mud from the Dead Sea. Uh, we sell a product called the, um, uh, what do you call this product? Um, I can't think of the name of it right now off the top of my head. Oh, the Himalayan pink salt. It's just salt mm -hmm. from the Himalayan, Himalayas, and it's just been turned into a bat scrub. It's an amazing product, but it has nothing that's going to hurt you in the long run. 
that's just kind of the approach that we're taking is that we want to present healthy uh, beauty solutions to, to this market. How are you and, determining and, and, yeah. what you want to use or what you want to represent? Sorry? How do you determine what products you want to represent? Sure. Uh, so that's actually that's one of the hardest parts on Amazon is to be able to figure out what it is that you want to sell. Um, for us, we have a huge criteria list of criteria. We look at things like the number of reviews uh, the top product had. Uh, we look to see if there's um, if there's any big name players in, within this space that's dominating this the whole industry. Uh, we look at the product uh, is is it fragile? Can we easily ship it? Can we easily manufacture this product? Where is it coming from? We look at the pricing. Uh, ideally, uh, you know, we don't really sell any products that's less than fifteen or fifteen, but like less than ten dollars because we just wouldn't be able to make any mar margin off of it. So we look at a lot of these criteria, and based on that, we search through. Once we identify the industry, we try to start narrowing it down to a particular set of product. Um, and then those that fit our criteria are products that we consider, and then starts the whole process of trying to find a supplier. So let me let me see if I understand this correctly. You find products that already exist in the marketplace, and you're bringing them onto the uh, onto the plat the Amazon platform if they don't exist there already. Uh, for right now, we're only selling products which have all which are already in the market. In the future, okay. we will create our own completely new uh, products from scratch. But right now, we just look to see who else is selling something that's basically uh, hot and trendy and rising, but not saturated yet. But they're uh, not currently on. But they're not currently on Amazon. They are on Amazon, but a different brand is selling it. Oh, gotcha. So okay. We would okay. Manufactured, like, let's just say, like, okay, uh, you want to sell uh, Kit Kat candy, right? Okay, right. Kit Kat, the brand itself, has branded that particular chocolate, but you, I could make my own Kit Kat exactly like Kit Kat and just private label it and call it, you know, Rafi's Candy and sell that same gotcha. product. Uh, so it's just private gotcha. labeled under us, our name. Okay, so you're private labeling similar, similar type product. Similar product, exactly. If we can improve ah. the ingredients in any way we do. If not, we just leave it as it is and just private label and resell. Brilliant. Like and, it. you know, to your to your point, you know, there's lots of products out there, but because you and Jeep have uh, a, an expertise, you're going to obviously jump through right to the top so when people are, you know, looking on Amazon or Googling, and trying to find products, especially in a you know marketplace where you know as you said expanded with Amazon, you're getting the attention, so therefore you're getting the traffic. Right. You, you want to cater to the right market. That's the most important thing. It. Is that like if right. the if the demand isn't there and if it's not unsaturated, it's really hard in Amazon. That's the hardest part. Is figuring those right. things. Right. Right. It's, so. it's cutting through that noise. And um, you know, truly creating a red o or a, a blue ocean for a yourself, ocean. and getting away right. from that you know red sea, if you want, uh, of competition um, by the way you guys are branded, who you're uh, you know associating with. And it's funny, I'm going to point out, you started out uh, you know growing up in Bangladesh around nature, and all of a sudden, <clears throat> Rafi, 
you're using natural <laughs> nature. nature products and you're you know using Amazon as a platform to get it out there and I, and I love that correlation uh, because obviously it's something that you're you're very familiar with and uh, makes a ton of sense especially in the marketplace to your to your point you know who to market to because again um, the people buying your product over in those countries are growing up the same way. So it's very important to them to have these types of products available. So therefore you're, you know, uh, providing it to them and, and it's just brilliant. So kudos to that. Hey, Rafi, I got, I want to follow up real quick on, on what you just talked about. Just to clarify, um, are you, do you aggregate products to sell to a particular demographic or do you have products that you like that you find a particular demographic to market to? Great question. Yeah, that's a good question. So that's actually not necessarily one of our criterias as far as the demographic is concerned. Amazon right now, the way we're selling it, <clears throat> we're only going to be selling to people in the U.S. What we look gotcha. to see is basically an overall product category, right? So let's say like uh, tech space or it could be cool gadgets or it could be beauty and healthcare. Within the category, we look to see what products are already doing well that are new in the market. Uh, we don't have to really question the audience because we already have existing uh, demand in the market. We know these products are selling because we can look at the seller's rank. We can look at the number of reviews. We can look at other similar products that are already on Amazon that are selling well. Uh, so based on that, we can pretty much figure out there's demand. Uh, as far as who this product is going out to, we're not as concerned about right now. Uh, because, uh, I mean, our overall demographic is still more or less the same. It's going to be women between, sure. of, you know, 18 and, I don't know, I guess 45, 50 uh, that are in the U.S. Uh, once we get to a stage where we're really creating a lot of new products or we're trying to niche down to a particular market, uh, like, for example, if we start to sell to Indian uh, women, that's when I think we will take the demographic a lot more into, into account and really start to create a product that cater to their particular lifestyle. But as of right now, as a more like a startup, uh, we're just we're just looking at existing market demand and letting that validate our products and our market as well. Well, that's awesome. You're piggybacking on, on current successful rollouts, and that's a great validation to put your energy and effort into. Exactly. Like that's that. one of the easiest ways to get started. If, if the competitor that you're kind of duplicating things after is already doing well, you already have a lot of your questions kind of answered. You don't have to do split tests and things like that. If something is doing well for them, chances are it'll probably do okay for you as well. I love that. Great, great point. Whole different way of thinking, that. isn't it, Chris? <laughs> it, it's a wonderful way of thinking. And for the audience, if you just listen in again, and I'll reiterate, it's looking at what's working and then using that information or data to help support the things that will likely work for you. Right. Uh, maybe not exactly at the same level, but you will have some success, and then you'll be able to then use that success to increase um, you know, more success as you move along and you know, tweak or pivot um, or you know, test other things uh, yourself. But it's always great, and, and, and isn't this a great message you know, just in life is, you know, big part of what I teach is, first of all, learn to listen to yourself and, you know, very much be careful who you listen to. 
But the greatest people to listen to as you're learning are people that have been where you are and have what you want. That's exactly what Rafi and his, and his partner and, uh, and the rest of the team are doing is looking at what people are doing that have been going down this path for a while and then taking that information and applying it to what they're doing and they are getting the success that they're looking for. So, I mean, kudos to that, uh, Rafi. At such a young age, you're already learning that and, um, and obviously a, a very key element for people listening in uh, is to very much be careful who you listen to, but more or less go after the people that are really having some success and learn from, you know, those things. And, you know, I, I'll just point out that Apple does that very, very well. You know, not, Apple's not the leader in, let's say, technology. They let people go and create technology, and then they perfect it. And that's yeah. why that company is such a big company and have, you know, in my opinion anyway, uh, some pretty amazing products. Just one quick thing that I wanted to add also is that, and this is, I'm saying this because I used to think like this too, is a lot of new entrepreneurs will come up with some great idea, they'll research it, and they'll look to see if somebody else is doing it, they notice some other people are doing it, and they just throw it away, move on to the next one. In reality though, you don't want to like do that because if somebody's doing it, that just validates your idea. That means that it works. Somebody out there is great doing point. that thing and making a lot of money. You can still consider options. You can see, are they totally dominating the space? What's their market share? Are they catering to all the people that are actually are demanding this service or product? Um, so I tend to not do the opposite. I look to see what businesses are already doing well, and then look to see if I can copy and do the same thing as them, but just take a chunk of market share that they don't have control over. Uh, so that's a really, I, I think, one of, one of the new th concepts that I picked up over the last couple of years is to take that sort of approach when coming up with new ideas. Well, but you know, that's a I smart move that. because there's never really, if, if, you're, if you're finding something that works, you're never going to have competition if you decide to do the same thing because you're never, nobody's ever going to do it just like you. You have unique nuances that you're going to bring to the marketplace that the other person doesn't have. So, you know, I constantly tell my clients that whatever you're doing, do it to the best of your ability, to your skill set, to your knowledge, to your experience, and to your way of delivery because when you do that, you're never going to have competition. And that's a big, that's a big hurdle for people to, to learn past. But you're proving that right now. You're, you're uh, the epitome of what that means. So thank you for, uh, for bringing that out and for, for using that as part of your uh, bailiwick when it comes to really launching and uh, growing what it is that you do. So so kudos, hats off, Rafi. For, for yeah, sure, and, and I'm Thank just going to make another point as well about that is that the greatest value add that you can bring to your business is you. And that will separate and create this whole new way of looking at it because I believe the same thing, Rafi, is a lot of people have great ideas and they look at it, you know, what's going on out there and they're like, well, it's already being done. You know, if I was to look at becoming an author, well, there's millions and millions of authors. What is that? Especially, you know, <laughs> what I wrote about, you know, success right. and what I believe success was. But the beauty is that I wrote it anyway, and the tribe <clears> found <throat> me. I didn't have to worry about competing. All I had to do is bring the value that I learned and the audience organically grew itself and then the value that I bring is what I've been able to learn and then and then you know give to others 
And um, you know, that's just a, you know another example to what you just mentioned. There's lots of organic, uh, you know, um, products and, and and companies, but what you guys are doing is different because it's who you guys are and what you're bringing to the table and finding ways that you can speak to the audiences or better yet the you know customers in this case um, who want to buy your products because for what you guys stand for and that's the beauty of branding that's the beauty of marketing that's the beauty of doing what you guys do online and learning all the ways that you can communicate to your audience and getting through that noise and have something that they want to buy so awesome awesome message thank you for bringing that point up because I think it's so crucial listen audience and we're speaking directly to you when we say this find that you know magnificent obsession something that you would love to go do and bring and just bring it bring it the people places events circumstances will find you it'll surprise you in so many ways I'm sure Rafi you can agree with that it'll surprise you in so many ways and the success will follow just stay consistent and persistent and uh, and believe me, be able to you know pivot along that journey, and yeah, you'll just do fine. You'll do amazingly well. Yep, absolutely. I love it. You know, guys, we've been talking, and uh, I'm looking at the clock here, and it's just a ticking by. Um, <laughs> it always does. It always it does. Usually does. But um, I mean, we can talk a lot more. But I think there's there's such synchronicity with what we're talking about right now I hesitate bringing up any other ideas because I think what was just talked about is so powerful to leave in the minds of the listeners and um, you know I, I don't know I, I, I'd almost want to say let, let, let's cut it and uh, let's move on to a different day uh, you know I'd love to have uh, Rafi back mm -hmm. I know Chris you would too and, uh, sure. you know, Rafi, maybe think about that. But in the meantime, um, where do people go to uh, get to know more about you? Yeah. Uh, you can just, they can just go to my personal website, which is rafichowdhury.com. And that's spelled R-A-F-I-H-O-W-T-E as in dog, H-O-W-T-E.com. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll post that as well. Definitely, we'll uh, connect you with uh, you know the tribe, and and uh, you know really appreciate uh, what you're doing out there, and just such a great Absolutely. example that you know you can do anything you want, and you know I truly believe that you should do what you love to do, and obviously you're using your expertise, your skill set, you're collaborating with others, you're making it happen, you're going out there. I'm sure you're. You know, and let's talk about this for, you know, I think we have a few minutes, uh, Alan, before, you know, we have to, uh, to move anywhere else. Um, let's talk about that. Rafi, give us an example of, you know, what's happened along that journey, because it's not all a bed of roses. It's not all about, you know, success, 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 success. I'm sure you've hit some temporary defeats or what, you know, maybe others call failures. Um, you know, what was something that stood out? that you felt like you, you know, you hit this major wall and, you know, what, how were you feeling? And, and better yet, how did you get over it to keep going? Because, you know, we all go through those things. And I want to encourage people that, you know, Rafi is not exempt from any of that. It takes hard work. It takes hustle. What happened to you that really stands out along that journey so far at, you know, such a young age, but, you know, really felt like, wow, you know, I, 
I don't know that I can c- continue doing this or, you know, what's next? Give us a great example of, you know, that's for the audience that you can press forward and, and create some amazing things when adversity hits. Yeah. So in my, in my particular experience, I try to redefine success. I don't know if I consider success that, okay, if I hit this milestone, I achieve this, or if I get to this revenue, or I buy that product or thing, that I'm going to be successful. I think that success is just, it's a consistent thing, right? Like, you just like with happiness, you can't just say, well, if I get married, I have two kids, I have a home in Georgia, I'll be happy. You won't. Because once you get it, you're going to want something else. Human beings right. constantly try to we find happiness in consistently achieving small things along the way. Uh, so I just view things like that, right? The failures and things like that that come are part of the whole success because without the failures, you wouldn't understand what success means, right? Uh, so every time a setback happens, um, I just look at that as a, another another milestone, another uh, part of the journey that I have to go through, and and. You almost have to kind of learn to enjoy failures as well, because every time you fail at something, uh, you have you, you learn a whole lot of new things. It's going to make you just a little bit better for the next time you try something else. Uh, so I almost, in some ways, encourage failures uh, to some degree. Now uh, it's just like not major, major failures, but at least small failures means that I'm trying new things. Now, another thing I learned recently is that those failures don't necessarily have to be mine because I don't have time to make all the mistakes on my own. So I also try to follow all the people that are doing similar mm-hmm. things as me that are a little bit ahead of me, not too old, uh, but maybe like 10 years down the road that have kind of hit those same failures and kind of try to learn from their mistakes as well. Uh, and then the uh, next best thing, you know, to, to do besides that is just to continue moving forward because you don't have any other option. If you just sit there, then you're stagnant, right? So you kind of have to kind of keep pushing forward regardless of what kind of setbacks you have. And if the entire thing doesn't work, then pivot. Try to find something else that does work. I love it. And, you know, that's wisdom right there. You know, 24-year-old wisdom uh, from age-old, um, uh, you know, successions. And, and, you know, success is succession, right? It's growth. It's it's learning and and and, um, you know, growing uh, and all those things that, you know, happen to, you know, especially entrepreneurs, uh, because we do take, you know, that necessary risk out there and uh, we go after things uh, slightly different from, uh, well, very different from, uh, you know, a lot of others that aren't entrepreneurs. So appreciate that insight, uh, great wisdom, and, um, you know, that's exactly what that is, is learning from others, uh, and I love that you know, perspective that you are looking ahead and saying, okay, well, where are we going to be likely? And what is other, what have others experienced along that journey that we may have, uh, we may hit, we may not, but if we learn how to deal with it, we'll probably sail right through it and, uh, and, and, you know, learn from other, you know, people's journeys are, is so important. And, and that's obviously, um, uh, what you mentioned. So I appreciate that insight. It was great insight. Alan, I, I think we have time for, uh, you know, another question. Let's do it. I like the fact that uh, you're learning how to sidestep challenge, Rafi. And what I mean by that is that, you know, the, to piggyback on what Chris is talking about and what, what you mentioned is to learn not only from yourself, but learn from those with whom you respect. 
and those that have been where you're at and where you want to be, uh, not necessarily following in their footstep, but taking a you know a, a page out of their out of their uh, game book and being able to apply uh, apply that. So with that being said, uh, what's the next uh, what's the next eighteen months hold for you? Sure. So. Obviously, I still do my consulting and PR for companies. That's kind of like my main bread and butter. And the startup Organic Allure is still very brand new. Um, so our goal is in the first month of launch, we want to be able to move 100 units per day for, the, for whatever product that we're launching with. Uh, so in about 18 months, we want to probably, hopefully, we want to get the business to maybe revenue somewhere between 3 to 5K per month. Uh, in terms of pure revenue-wise uh, with that one product. Uh, that's just our main focus right now is just get to that point where we're just automating things as much as possible and just building self-rotating systems. That means having virtual assistants that take care of that part, that part, this part, uh, having softwares. We, we love, we're huge into automation. I'm personally huge in automation using actual people, so I use a lot of virtual assistants. And my partner is really big into softwares and things like that. That's, that's his background. Uh, so we try to basically create as many automated systems as possible uh, because the whole idea of Amazon is that you want to try to cut back as how many hours you actually spend uh, running your business. You want to be able to kind of automate and then scale uh, in an automated fashion. And that's pretty much our main goal right now. Sweet. Sweet. So how do you guys, where do you guys use to track your, your successes? Is have you guys build algorithms and such yourself, or do you use already pre-existing virtual assistants to do that? We use sales, product sales. How many more we're getting this month versus last month? Uh, as far as our advertising dollars are concerned, we typically take whatever we make and we put half of it back into the business. Uh, so we just measure ROI in terms of sales. That's it. Sweet. Okay. Cool. Pretty simple way. I love that way. It's music to my ears. Revenue first. Yeah. And then you can allocate, you know, uh, a percentage as, as you guys are doing into the growth and continue to uh, monetize um, and learn from those um, uh, statistics. Uh, Rafi, I, I have to give my hats off to you, my friend. You're, um, you know, just an inspiration. And, again, speaking to the audience, um, this is – you know, again, what it takes to go out there and just create, and then you'll learn along that way. Uh, but if you, you know, certainly want to learn some, you know, things from Rafi uh, in terms of his genius, his genius zone, taking, um, uh, you know, SEO and SMO and the you know, whole digital world, reach out to Rafi. You know, follow him on social media. Learn. I'm sure you give a lot of little tips away, uh, Rafi, along the way uh, in terms of all the social media. And I think that, um, you know, it's certainly uh, anybody out there that's, you know, running an organization and, and wants some insight, I mean, this is where to come. This is, you know, the guy to talk to. He's, uh, he's obviously um, just, uh, you know, creating uh, amazing opportunities for people, the clients that he works with and so forth. So, Rafi, really appreciate your insight today. Keep going after my friend. We've got a long, uh, you know, uh, future together as well as friends now. Um, as you Absolutely, said, you know, yeah. that whole social world uh, is just amazing, and you get to, uh, you know, have just these uh, great relationships that, um, you know, when I think about something, I'll go, 
I'm just going to, you know, contact Rafi. I'm sure he has some information or, you know, better yet, he probably knows some people that maybe be able to help. So I appreciate uh, you, my friend, and thank you for coming on our show today. Yeah, absolutely. Just one, one leave note is that, you know, at the end of the day, like you're talking about giving back and those kind of things, I'm already at that stage. I've never had a situation where I felt like I just need to achieve, achieve, achieve. I've always kind of wanted to give back in any way that I can. With that being said, the way I like to help people is just networking them, right? Not just advice. Everybody can get, anybody can give advice, and I, there may be people far more successful than I am in this field that can give better advice, but networking is huge, right? Just connecting with people right. that have two ideas that I know can work together. I would love for, to get those people into touch with each other. That's what really uh, sort of like sparks a lot of these businesses that you see on the Internet happening, these creative businesses. So any type of networking or any kind of advice or any kind of particular help along the way that any of your audience members need, I would love to help them out. I never charge for things like this. It's always going to be free. Just reach out to me, and I would help in any way that I can. That's awesome. There you go. That's awesome. Hey, I, I, I don't want to let Rafi go yet. <laughs> I want to follow up sure. real quick on, on something, Rafi, that you said that we just glossed right over, something that's extremely key. And you just said that you give 50% back, or you put 50% of uh, your, your, your profits back into growth, if I understood yeah. you correctly. Um, that's a key thing. Hello, listen up, entrepreneurs. You've got to invest back into what you're doing. Save the, the purchase of the watch and the car for later on. Put your resources back to work for you. And Rafi, kudos for, for doing that. Is that, is that um, something you learned to do? Is that percentage something that uh, you guys just thought would be good? How did you come to putting 50% back into your business? My partner. So even when he was doing really well with the hoverboard business, for example, consistently he put half of it every month right back into the business. That half we never even touched. Uh, so we only draw our salaries from the other half that we consider uh, part of our profit. Half of it always goes back into the business. And this, that's just a general rule of thumb for businesses like this because there's no limit to how much you can scale a lot of times. Uh, so if you practice that good habit of just consistently just saying half of it is not even my money and not drawing any salaries even if you can't afford it, it's just a good mindset to have down the road when you do become a little bit larger. You'll still have that mentality or that sort of like a mindset going into it. Uh, so he's the one that put that in place, and I definitely respect, and I think that's probably the best strategy for us. Well, G, well done. Thank you for uh, instilling that on Rafi and for uh, really making that a, a poignant piece of uh, this podcast, and I think that's a very big key to success as an entrepreneur is to reinvest in yourself. So kudos, and I just wanted to make – I just want to memorialize that. And uh, r really, you know, celebrate the fact that uh, you guys are, are really doing business wisely. And that's, again, you're learning from those that have uh, preceded you. So, anyway, well done. Thanks for the uh, allowing us to extend a little bit here, Rafi. Yeah, no one more problem. question. Really Let's just do it. it. One more question. <laughs> Rafi, <laughs> hey, listen, it's our show. Uh, we can do whatever we want, right? We can do whatever we want. Rafi, leave our audience yep. with one bold move. Leave our audience with one bold move that you would suggest right now that they can do today to really move the needle in their lives that maybe perhaps um, is keeping them back from some things that, that are going on in their lives sure. or business. So 
one of the biggest things that I think I've had to learn and that has, I think, helped me get to where I am would be that just simple fact, understanding that preparation has to meet opportunity in order for you to be successful. So figure out which one of the two you have. Do you have preparation or do you have opportunity? If you have opportunity, you need to find someone who has preparation. If you have preparation, you need to find opportunity. For most starting entrepreneurs, they probably have some preparation. They're ready. They want to take over the whole world, but they have no, no way where to start. They start something, and they're like, well, I don't have money. I don't have time. I don't have expertise. You have to reach out to people that are successful. Uh, and if you consistently do that, like if you surround yourself with people that are successful, not just in terms of money, but in terms of in their industry experience, in their age, and these kind of things, you're naturally going to be doing well. So what I did is I basically try to figure out, okay, where am I going to be staying, my location? Am I consistently going to be able to keep, uh, come across, come in contact with people that are actually uh, monetarily successful, right? That's why I moved to Los Angeles. There's millionaires in every corner. Uh, so once you've identified a few of those people in your life, you've got to make an outreach. That is, has to be the, the way to go because you never know what they're looking for. And, you, and if you reach out to enough people, I guarantee you somebody will say yes. I didn't just reach out to Jeet. I reached out to 50 other people like Jeet. And he's the one that said yes. And a few of the other ones said maybes and things like that. But if you reach out to enough people and show them that you're ready and you, you have to hustle and you have the experience and the mm -hmm. skills, at some point you're going to find someone who has the opportunity that you're looking for. Uh, and so that's the, that's the piece I would really encourage the people to take action on. Awesome. Great note. Beautiful. Hey, Rafi, we come back on the show? Yeah, absolutely. Just let me know when. Sweet. Thank you so much. We'd like to get we're an update, too, show. on how things go. Yeah, we're going to have a live yes, show. And for I think sure. It would be great um, to come on our live show in 2017, simply because we'll have people dialing in and uh, can ask some questions around your expertise. And I think at that point, um, you know, it's a great Perfect. way to – yeah, a great way to help others right on the spot and, and have them apply some things that they're trying or struggling through maybe um, that you can just give them some quick insight and uh, move the needle in their business. So we'll do that. Rafi, thank you so much. Alan, always a pleasure, my friend. Likewise. Show up. And, uh, thank you guys so much. You're Good most welcome. And, you know, to our audience, thank you for tuning in. We, uh, you know, wouldn't be where we are without you guys listening in and, you know, certainly with our guests and the expertise that they bring to the table. We're always grateful for them to come on the show. So thank you again, Rafi. Thank you to Alan. Thank you to everybody out there. Have a wonderful day. And it wouldn't be a show without me saying something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.